You're listening to the You Like That Story podcast. This is our Christmas edition called A Prairie Christmas. This A Prairie Christmas episode of I Like That Story is brought to you by Evolution Consulting, nationwide consulting for style, speaking, and stage. So, uh, we are in my shop, and in this Christmas season, I have a series of Christmas stories. I always think that Christmas stories sound better in front of an open fireplace. Now, I don't have an elaborate fireplace, just a stove in my shop, but I think it might help you enjoy the program. Here's our story. Each year there seems to be a competition between some of the neighbors to see who can have the Christmas tree with the most lights. I stay out of it usually because, well, I have a poor track record with faulty strings of lights and gaps and that sort of thing. And besides, I already know I hold the unbreakable record of the tree with the most lights achieved on a memorable Thanksgiving years ago. Here's how it happened. Now, Christmas trees are all about traditions, whether it's digging out an artificial one out of storage or picking a live one out of a tree lot, but ours was more complex than that because it involved getting a fresh-cut tree from my parents' tree farm about four hours away. This was a big deal to my dad. He would cut it the evening before Thanksgiving and carefully roll it into a tight bundle of tarp and stick it in a bucket of water in the barn. Then, on Thanksgiving, all the families would meet at my sister's house for a full meal, a feast that would move me from a growling stomach at 11 a.m. to a moaning, overstuffed glutton by one. Anyway, after a three-hour stuporous nap, somewhere about five, it would be time to transfer the tree from Dad's pickup to whatever vehicle I was driving that year. This involved looping leftover twine strings from my brother-in-law's cowshed into orange strings about 20 feet long. The tree bundle would be tossed on top of the middle of the roof and makeshift loops would be looped around over and around the tree and finally looped together inside the car itself with a series of dubious granny knots. The kid's job would then be on the ride home to reach up and grab onto the twine string just over their heads testing its tension like a sailor in a gale. And meanwhile, I would keep a sharp eye out the rearview mirror, watching the bundle yaw from side to side as the twine inevitably cinched down on the tree, creating more and more slack. So every 50 miles or so, I would pull the car over, get out into the raw and cold night, and see if I could tighten a few of the knots. Yes, This was stressful. Yes, it was a hassle. Yes, even a little dangerous. But when you think about it, aren't all good Christmas traditions either a hassle or dangerous or stressful? So on this particular Thanksgiving, I might be forgiven for not paying complete attention to the driving. The wind was about a 40-mile-an-hour crosswind, and the tree had shifted to the side of the car like a trick rider at a rodeo. I pulled into a gas station to cinch it down one more time and get some gas. There was a lot of us that year, so we were in two cars, people piling in to use the restroom, get gas, buy snacks, (laughs) like we needed any, and get back on the road. 
I was a little sleepy, but soon afterwards was jolted to full alert when I saw a series of flashing lights ahead. Some kind of accident, it looked like. Flashing lights behind us as emergency vehicles of all kinds came surging up from behind. Three, four, five, no, no, six cop cars came roaring up, lights blazing. A cop pulled beside us, slowed, matched speed, and turned on his dome light. They were looking for us. Well, there is, there is no worse adrenaline-pumping feeling than getting pulled over by the cops. Maybe they thought I was transporting a body on the roof. Maybe it was illegal to move trees across state lines. Anyway, they herded our two-car caravan into an off-road parking lot and piled out. The cop knocked on the window. That car behind you drove off without paying for their gas. Do you know them? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I guess in my hurry and absent-mindedness, I assumed that they paid for their own gas, and they assumed that I paid for theirs. If you're listening to this in a big city... You may think this is a little excessive, but if you're from a small town, you probably know that Thanksgiving can be a little slow for law enforcement. And since the place I got gas was on the state line with a small town on each side, we managed to pick up two state patrols, one from each state, two county sheriffs, one from each county, and two municipal cops, one from each small town. Fortunately, they believed my story. I said I would immediately drive back and pay for my gas, and they believed me and escorted me back the whole eight miles to pay for my gas with all the cop cars in tow, lights the whole way. That was years ago. Now we get our tree in town. It's about a four-mile drive. I need one piece of twine to hold down the trunk lid. Much, much easier. Much, much less drama, but not as much fun, and not nearly, not nearly as many lights. A Prairie Christmas is a syndicated radio program I do, and maybe you're familiar with that. The story you just heard is also available on a CD or download, and you can get either of those to share uh, or to purchase for yourself through my website, aprairiechristmas.com aprairiechristmas.com or through my normal site ilikethatstory.net whichever way you care to share that out would be appreciated and I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network For more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com <laughs>